Awesome, guys. Welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. As always, my name is Evan Spoke. I am the resident fire around here. I'm a second year at the University of Georgia. And about three hours southeast of me is the local ice, Mr. Bryson Wheeler. Bryson, we had a great weekend in sports this past um, couple of days. Let's talk about it right after this. But how are you doing today? Doing good. We got good football to watch tonight, too. The Rams and 49ers should be a pretty good one. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to some classic Monday night football. But um, as always, do we have someone right there next to you for a trivia question this week? We sure do. Noah's about to hit us. Okay, so Kenneth Walker right now is one of the leading finalists for the Heisman. Who is the last non-Ohio State Big Ten player to finish top ten in Heisman? Last non-Ohio State Big Ten player <laughs> yes. to finish top ten in Heisman? That's Take a one mouthful. Take one Barkley. No. Damn. That's a whole mouthful of a question. Wow. Um it's gotta be decently recent. Oh shit, I know who it is now. Jay Patterson, Michael Parsons, I don't think did. No. Is no Bateman didn't who what all right, I don't think it's right, but I'm gonna just go Mo Ibrahim. That is incorrect. It is Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Was that who you were thinking, Evan, after that? Yeah, it was it was John it was it was Taylor or Connor Cook. Oh, Connor Cook was a long time ago. Yeah. He was good though. Oh yeah. All right, well, let's jump into – I want to just touch on baseball real quick just because, you know, it's the off season. We don't have much to talk about. And I just want to say look for the Braves to sign a potential starting pitcher pretty soon, I would say. And also the Tigers just signed Rodriguez from the Red Sox. Now, I would look for the Tigers to make some more moves, possibly getting Correa or Story and possibly bringing back Justin Verlander. So look for them to make moves. But not much happening there, so let's go ahead and jump into the basketball world. And Tuesday night, we opened up with college basketball. And we had the Michigan State-Kansas game, and then we had Duke-Kentucky. Michigan State-Kansas game wasn't really good. Kansas, you know, is a lot better than Michigan State. They won pretty handily. The Duke-Kentucky game was a really good one, though. Both of these teams look really, really good. Duke has Paulo Bonchero, who looks like one of the best players in the country as a freshman already. And then Kentucky, on the other hand, had uh, Shibway down low. Go for He's gone for 20 rebounds in both games so far. Severe Wheeler looked really good. Ty Ty Washington's going to be a star. So what are your thoughts on that opening night of games that we had? College basketball looks like it's coming back into the forefront. I know last year was there was a lot of excitement, but there was really no good, like, great blue bloods at the top. You know, Kansas kind of was down. Duke and Kentucky both had, you know, rough years to their standards. You know, it seems like we're going to get a repeat of some traditional powerhouses rising back to the top. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Kentucky's – you know, they've had good teams, but the one and done's really been killing them lately – you know, I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan just because my dad and grandpa. But I think this Kentucky team is going to be the best that we've seen in a long time. 
like I said, Severe Wheeler looked really good the last few games. Uh, Tata Washington's going to be a stud. Oscar Sheboy, the West Virginia transfer, is just a beast down low. The Dayton transfer, I don't remember his name. He shoots the aisle of the ball. I think he's like six for eight to start the year so far from three. So th- look for Kentucky to be really good. Gonzaga, UCLA, Villanova, all these teams, the usual Blue Bloods look really good this year. Let's jump into another game, though, that we had. And Villanova and UCLA, they go to overtime. But both of these teams are really, really good. You know, last year you had the not-expected run by UCLA. They've got the guard, Tiger. They've got Johnny Juzang. They've got Jaime uh, Jaquez. They just look like a really good team. And then Villanova is led by, it feels like he's been there for years, Colin Gillespie. Both really good teams. Did you watch much of that game? I did not. Okay, well, it was a really good one. Both teams are going to be contenders. And then the last really big college basketball game I want to talk about is Gonzaga Drills, Texas. It was supposed to be a really big game. You know, both teams, top five teams. Drew Timmy, though, drops 37 on Texas. And Drew Timmy's probably my favorite player in college basketball. So do you have any thoughts on that Gonzaga team going forward? I mean, the Gazaga team looks like they're coming out for vengeance. I mean, they went 39-1 and last year with losing to Baylor in the national championship game. I mean, I feel like that's left a really bad taste in their mouth, so they're going to come back hungry this year. Mark Few's a heck of a coach. He knows how to get his boys, you know, motivated and in tip-top shape where they can perform against anybody in the country. Look out for the Bulldogs as they go back for another – or excuse me, the Zags, you know, as they go back for another uh, title run. Yeah, I agree, and Chet Holgram looked really good in their first game. That kind of surprised me because while he was such a highly touted recruit coming out of high school, if you've not seen him, he is really, really thin, and I just don't know how that's going to hold up over the course of the year at the college level yet. I think he needs to put on a lot of muscle, put on a little bit of fat even, just bulk up some, but he had a really good first game, kind of slugged off the second game. Andrew Nimhard's played pretty good for him. Watch out for them to be in the Final Four at the end of the year. All right, let's jump into the other basketball world in the NBA. And I want you to talk about our Atlanta Hawks a little bit. Trey Young had a really good game to beat the Bucks last night, but the Hawks have been really struggling. So what what's your thoughts on them? And we're going to con- continue to struggle because DeAndre Hunter's out eight weeks. That was announced this morning. Um it's just not been a great start to the season for the Hawks, and there's really no rhyme or reason for it. Um, we've had some bright spots. We've had a lot of bad spots. We just – I know we talked about it last week. We just can't get everybody to have a good night on the same time, you know, and, like, I think that's going to continue. I don't know if this Hawks team's really – I don't know how to improve them without, you know, just playing up to our talent. We're just way underperforming way too much right now. Yeah, I agree, and it's kind of a shock to me. You know, I don't follow the NBA too much, but I thought the Hawks would be performing a lot better. Trey Young, you know, he's that last game he really showed off, but before that he had not had that great game yet. John Collins isn't putting up the points you would quite expect for the money that he's getting. You know, Cabela's been getting his boards, but he's not really scoring. They just seem to have a lack of scoring right now. But no one on the Hawks can score but Trey Young at the moment. I think our highest score right now is averaging like 13. 
All right, well, let's jump into another team, though, real quick. And the Hornets beat the Red Hot Warriors in a nail-biter last night. What are your thoughts on these two teams? Well, the Hornets are way ahead of schedule. I mean, LaMelo Ball is just being an absolute, you know, menace on the defense (laughs) and the offensive side. Kelly Oubre has been a great pickup for the Hornets. Um, Gordon Hayward's had a couple good games. Miles Bridges looks really good. Um, There's a lot of things to be happy about for the Charlotte Hornets and their basketball team right now. Um, But on the other side, the Warriors are just ready, and they're just – you know, you can't expect them to be impossible to beat. So, I mean, a close overtime loss to a pretty good Hornets team, I think, is not something to hang your head about. And, you know, we're talking about Clay Thompson being back, hopefully before Thanksgiving, but if not, right before Christmas. So, we're going to be pretty soon to see Clay Thompson back on the court, and that's just going to be a win in itself. Yeah, this Warriors team looks really good, and the Hornets have surprised me, like you said. You know, I wasn't really high on the mellow ball, and he's totally proved me wrong. I, I haven't been high on any of the ball brothers, but LaMelo's playing really good ball right now. The Warriors, on the other hand, look like maybe the best team in the NBA, so they'll be fun to keep watching going forward. Looking to another team that surprised us, the Wizards. What are your thoughts on that team? Well, the Wizards are 9-3 and three in the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So they're doing a lot better than people thought. Spencer Didwitty's had a great start of the year. So is Bradley Beal. And Montrez Harrell is playing like an MVP candidate. I, I saw a projection the other day, and it says if the stats continue, Montrez Harrell would finish top five in MVP voting, which is insane to think because how underused and un- bad he was last year for the Lakers. Um, he just needed a change of scenery. Cantavius Caldwell, Pope, and Kuzma have been able to add some help. Uh, Ruhachi Amara and Raul Neto, both uh, international players that the Wizards are using. Same thing with Danny Avicii. All three of those guys have provided, provided great bench support. This Wizards team seems to just be clicking on all cylinders. Um, very, very surprised in the nation's capital, but a very pleasant one. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Bradley Bill's my Florida boy. I've watched him, you know, the last 10 years of college in the NBA, and he's really impressed lately. Uh, Rui Hachimura's playing good. Harold, like you said, I mean, this team's really impressing us right now. But let's look at a team that's disappointing right now, and it's the Pelicans. And while they don't have Zion and they lost Lonzo in the offseason, they still got Brandon Ingram, who's a really good player. So what what's their problem right now? Well, the Pelicans are 2-12 and 12 and second to last in the Western Conference. That's not a great start to the season. Um, and you had all you have all these draft picks and Jackson Hayes and Nico Alexander Walker, and um, I'm trying to remember who they got this past year that I can't remember off the top of my head. But they got somebody good, you know. The Pelicans are young. They have Josh Hart still down there. Um, Stephen Adams is no longer there, but Valachunas um, is there. That's right. That trade was made. So I mean, there should be some pieces down there for you know, the Pelicans to work with, it's just not clicking right now. I mean, I feel like after this year, if you still have a fail, you've got to look into trading Zion because, one, Zion just gets hurt way too much. Two, he's over 300 pounds right now. I mean, that's just – he's nowhere near in shape to come back and play, even when he's cleared. I mean, there's just so – it's a dumpster fire right now in New Orleans. Yeah, he's going to have to drop a little bit of weight. He's an all-world talent, but, you know, you can't really play much basketball at over 300 pounds, especially when you're hurt, mostly because of that. But is there anything else you want to touch on in the basketball world? Not in basketball. 
All right, well, let's jump to everybody's favorite, and let's go to college football right now. And Oklahoma has a real problem, and especially at quarterback. You know, going into the year, we thought they had two all-world quarterbacks, and we thought Spencer Rattler was going to be a Heisman finalist. Caleb Williams will wait his turn and be that next year. But Caleb Williams disappoints this week against Baylor, and Oklahoma has no clue what's going on at quarterback right now. So what are your thoughts on that team going forward? Well, it's just what I've said all year. I mean, it's it's just not good. I mean, Oklahoma, they're just – they're underperforming their potential like they do every year. The quarterback controversy is a, is a plague on that team right now. Um, their defense is just not playing as well as we thought it was. The offense, the offense is too inconsistent to rely on anything. And I don't even know right now if I pick them against Oklahoma State in a couple weeks. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions with this Sooners team right now. Um, and people are out here, you know, I mean, I think this is overreaction, but they're like, is Lincoln Riley an overrated coach? And, you know, again, I think that's an overreaction. But – you have to come into effect that he keeps making these quarterback decisions when, you know, there's just controversy on both sides. I mean, it's really your your feeling. How do you feel the quarterback room in Oklahoma should be this week? I think it should be Caleb Williams. I don't think he should have ever went back to Spencer Rattler. Because, look, Rattler coming into the year looked like a Heisman favorite. But once you make that change, it's got to be a permanent change. And I think it probably was the right change because Rattler was struggling at the time he got pulled. And Caleb Williams came in and looked amazing. But once you do that, I don't think you can go back, especially after such little time. And, I mean, was he playing good? No. Was he playing, you know, just awful like Nathan Peterman or the Mike White game we saw yesterday? No. I don't think you pull him that early. It could be detrimental to a young player, you know, his mental health like that. I don't think you should have done it. Spence Rattler's out after this year. I don't know where he's going, but he won't be at Oklahoma. I don't like the pool right there. But Lincoln Riley, I think, is a phenomenal coach. I think he's the best offensive mind in college football. So I think he'll turn around, but it's probably too late this year. But I would expect a much better year out of them next year. But, I mean, just it's been such a surprise to me with the playmakers that they have. Jadon Hazelwood, Mario Williams, Marvin Mims, Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray. I mean, the playmakers go on and on and on for this team. So I don't know what the problem is. It's kind of really confusing to me, just like Clemson has been this year. But we'll see what the future holds for them. The next team I want to talk about is Michigan holds on versus Penn State. You know, it's a battle of Big Ten teams. Michigan was without their running back, Blake Corum. But they hold on and win by four. So what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, Michigan is doing what needs to be done. They've they've set up the stage now for a horseshoe game. I mean, for the Ann Arbor game versus the you know versus the boys from the horseshoe. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan at the end of the year is probably going to decide the Big Ten East. Um, and they've and they've handled their business to put them in a position. They still got a chance at the playoff. They still got a chance at a Big Ten championship. You know, Michigan for the first time in their life did not lose an unexplicable game yet. And now they've, they're in prime position to, you know, challenge Ohio State in two weeks. Yeah, it looks like we may be having a different Jim Harbaugh this year. You know, in the past years, this Michigan team's looked very lackluster on offense and has never been able to perform in these games. But like I said, this team won at Penn State without Blake Corum. And Blake Corum's a top five running back in the country. So that just speaks volume for what this team's done this year. 
But let's talk about a team who blew a huge lead, and Noah is very disappointed over here. But Auburn blows a big lead as Will Rogers goes for 415 yards and six touchdowns. But on the flip side, Bo Nix is out for the year. That's a huge blow for Auburn. But what are your thoughts on that game and Auburn's future without Bo Nix this year? But no, I'm just going to give you a pat on the back because we've all been there at 28 and 3. Um, so sorry about that. Um, but no, Mississippi, I think credit to Mississippi State. They never gave up, they were able to come roaring back shut down that Auburn defense, take the lead, move on into the future, and win the game handily. But um, losing Bo Nix is a huge loss, not only for the Auburn Tigers season, but also college football, because I think we can kind of pencil in Alabama now into the championship after, you know, Bo Nix's injury. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they would have won anyways, but you never know what happens at Jordan Air. Wilder things have definitely happened. I hate it for Bo Nix, but like you said, credit to Mississippi State. Mike Leach has not been great at Mississippi State yet, but his offense can put up 50 any given week just because of the high-power volume passing game that they always have. You know, you look back at Washington State with Anthony Gordon and uh, Gardner Minshew at quarterback, you know, and he's had good quarterbacks so far at Mississippi State. So this team can put up 50 any given week. Let's flip to my team so we can put some, you know, harsh words on my team real quick. And Florida, they have many problems still to fix in a awful win over Samford. And that was probably the most embarrassing game that I've ever witnessed as a fan. And I watched the loss to Georgia Southern in 2013. The differences between that game and this game, even though we won, were in 2013, we were a Horrible team. Nobody thought we were going to be good at the beginning of the year. That team fought really hard all year. We were not very talented. We were on our third-string quarterback because of injuries with Skylar Morningweg. And we faced a Georgia Southern team that, while he was not really good yet in college or highly thought of, they had Jarrett McKinnon. And that team, that game was a lot less embarrassing than what happened in this Sanford game. This team has seemed to give up on the defensive side, at least. The offense still looks really, really good, high-powered offense, but the defense has just completely gave up on the year. So what are your thoughts on Florida as we look forward? Dan Mullen has to go, and if you keep him till next year, you keep him till next year, but I, I think he's done. I think the players have quit on him. You know, he's a good coach. I think he and – I, and I don't – would not be surprised if he, you know, bows himself out and jets off to the NFL this year. But I just – I don't think that the locker room has turned against him. I mean, you give up 52 points to an FCS school that's three and five. You've got to score 70 to win. You can't even cover at least. I mean, it's just not a good day for Gainesville. I mean, outside of levering the entire staff and keeping Mullen alone – I don't see a path for him to come back. Now, Florida's probably going to retain him if he doesn't leave on his own accord. But I, I just I think it's detrimental to the program. I don't think anybody in the country is going to, A, want to come play for him, and, B, if the people there, I don't know if he can control him anymore. I think he's dead on arrival regardless for however long he's left in Florida. Yeah, I agree. I think the time is coming to an end. It's just a matter of how soon. Is it going to be this year? Is it going to be after next? I think it's coming, though, and, you know, I hate that because when Mullen came in, me and you both thought it was an excellent hire, 
and I think it was for the first couple of years. He was really good. He look when he came in, Florida's program was not not good. We had just had two four and eight seasons within the last three years, but he takes us to three straight New York New Year's Six bowls. He completely changed. I don't know what has happened, but this whole year has just been an absolute disaster. It, it, it's crazy how fast it flipped. But oh, absolutely. It was a we'll it was see, a heavy fall. Yes, it was. But we'll see going forward. I don't think that we'll fire him, but if you we do look out for the names of Luke Fickle, Lane Kiffin, Mel Tucker, and and I really don't know who else you could even go get. And I don't re- I'm not a huge fan of any of those hires, but we'll see. Uh Ohio State is the next team we want to talk about, and they dismantled Purdue. The defense, though, in my opinion, of Ohio State's is going to cost them a national championship. This defense for them is not really good. The only good spot they have on defense is seven banks at cornerback. But this offense, oh my goodness, the playmakers. C.J. Strouds look really good at quarterback. You know, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is a player that's really underrated, who I've been talking about all year at wide receiver. You've got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are the best wide receiver duo in the nation. You've got Travion Henderson at running back, who's been really good all year. You've got Master Teague at running back. You've got Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming. The playmakers are forever on this offense. But I honestly think that that defense is going to cost them the national championship. What are your thoughts on that team? Well, I think it'll really just depend on who they get matched up with. I mean, if Ohio State can play, you know, another game versus Oregon and then Georgia and then Natty, who's to say they can't stop those two offenses? But, I mean, if Oklahoma gets in, if Cincinnati gets in, I mean, those are some high-powered offenses when they're clicking, you know. Alabama. Alabama. I mean, there's a lot of questions, um, you know, about this Ohio State team. So, I mean, I'm not going to – I'm not ready to say they can't win a national championship because I think they're the biggest threat to Georgia right now outside of Alabama. But all things considered, good win this weekend versus Purdue, good stamp, statement win. But, like, the defense does need to improve. Yeah, this Ohio State team is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be in the playoffs and probably in the national championship game. But I just – this defense really worries me. And they're going to put up their 30 to 40 a game against whoever. But they're also probably going to allow that just because of how bad the defense is. But let's talk about a team that they may see in the national championship game, and it's Georgia. They surrender, you know, the most points they've allowed all year, a lot of them really early in the game. But they pull away late against Tennessee. So what were your thoughts on Georgia last week? Well, I hate that we're giving up these garbage time points. I mean, people are literally calling timeouts. I mean, Tennessee didn't, but – you know, all year they're throwing out, you know, their full starters with two minutes left just to put a number on the board. I mean, but all things considered, not – the game went exactly how I expected it to. I expected it to be closed for about the first half. We bring it out about half, and then we kill them in the second. Seems to be the storyline for any good team we've played all year. Look at Kentucky. Look at Auburn. Uh, you know, not going to talk about the Clemson game, but look at games like that. Um and, I, and I'm buying into it. I think Stetson can win you a national championship. I know there's a lot of people out there who do not believe that. But 
And a lot of people, the biggest, the key fact that I heard this weekend was on a reaction show by, uh, you know, Dogs Live last night with Roddy DeBolsey and all them. And they talked about two things. They said, yes, if JT plays this game, you probably have about 50 more yards. But how many yards do you actually have with all of the sacks JT takes versus what Stetson do? Stetson's Absolutely. mobility is a huge underrated part. I mean, Stetson had 40 rush yards alone, and one was for a touchdown where it was a broken play. And the other three runs were for first downs when nobody else was open. So Stetson's ability is going to put you in better position to keep you on the field longer, to keep the defense more well-rested. Thankfully, the Nolan Smith and the Devontae Wyatt injuries are minimal. They might not play this weekend considering he played Charleston Southern, but won't have any lasting effects. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm buying into it. it. It took me 11 weeks, but I think Stetson can actually win you a national championship. Well, you know I've been on the Stetson train for most of the year, and I think he should be the starter. But it's like you said, Stetson Bennett brings that running game that defenses have to prepare for. When you throw out JT, like you said, yes, he'll probably throw for more yards, but you know what you're getting. He's not going to run. He's not These broken plays, he's not going to scramble out of the pocket and throw it downfield and make a great player, scramble out and get a 10-yard rush that keeps the chains moving. He's not going to do any of that. Stetson Bennett can. Like you said, he's going to take many more sacks that Stetson doesn't make. And while he may make those spectacular throws at times that Stetson can't make, I think the run game that Steady provides is a lot better of a benefit. But one thing I want to ask you about, and you know, I could be really wrong with this, what impact do you think losing Adam Anderson is going to bring to this defense? While it's still a really, really talented defense, they just seem, you know, he did play the Florida game, but they gave up 360 yards of offense. The next game against a pretty pit bad Missouri team, they give up 270 yards of offense. And then this past week, they give up 400 yards of offense. While, you know, they're still blowing teams out, not giving up many points, this defense doesn't quite seem what we were seeing, you know, the first few games. And while they are playing better offenses, you know, it's just not what, – what effect do you think losing Adam Anderson is bringing? Well, I think it's a – I think there's two sides to it that I want to bring up. I think, one, it is a huge loss. I mean, there's just you, – you don't take off your leading sack leader in a top – in a first-round draft prospect and get better, you know. I don't think it'll have a huge impact because I do like Channing Tindall. Uh, I do like um, Dan Jackson. I do like um, Quay Walker, people like that to get more reps. That'll definitely be um, more, you know, we, we won't lose much talent in the backup. But Adam did do a really good job of corralling things outside, such as screens and sweeps. And that's what seems that's, – that's the X factor of this Georgia defense It's the screen – the, you know, like the five-yard screen or the, you know, behind-the-line screen. That's what's killing us right now because our cornerbacks are getting having to drop and our linebackers were making those plays, and they're just not right now. But all that considered, I think you've got to look at, A, just the amount of injuries we have on the team right now, and, B, I don't know if you knew this, but there was 15 players with the flu this past week. There was 15 players on the sideline literally getting IVs because they couldn't run without them. Um, the flu is awful in Athens right now. I, I know at least 25 people with it. I probably had it. I mean, it is everywhere, and it is running through the team. So I'll, I'll say that about the Tennessee game. But um, yeah, no, And I'm not trying to, you know, say it's a cause for panic. But I'm just saying yeah. I don't know if this is going to be that – I mean, it's still the best defense in the country. But I don't know if that's going to be that overwhelming defense that we saw at the beginning of the year 
just because of that loss to Adam Anderson because of how good he was. I mean, he was really good, but I don't think he was – I don't think the lack of talent is going to fully change it. Will it hurt us? Yes, but I'm not ready to say that the loss of Adam Anderson, Adam Anderson has made us a more – a less dominant team, you know, outside of just a little. I don't think it's completely changed the game plan or anything like that. All right. Well, let's jump into another game, and it was Ole Miss. They looked really dominant, especially in the first half, in a win over and when a win over A and M. Matt Corral looked solid. Snoop Connor had a good game. Dontario Drummond at wide receiver looked really good. So, what are your thoughts on that game? Well, I, I, I told you Ole Miss was going to win this game, and, and they did. They came out firing on all cylinders. They've done a phenomenal job. Lane Kiffin's done a great job over there in Oxford. Um, but uh, I don't think Ole Miss is going to finish the season with two losses either. I think the West is a dog-eat-dog, you know, right now. Outside of Alabama, you know, it's just it's just kill each other every other week. But, you know, A&M didn't look great. Zach Calzada had a pretty subpar game, at least in the beginning. Um, so A&M's got to go back to the drawing board. But, you know, good win for Old Miss, great uh, program starter you know, for the future of it as they play now, as they look ahead to the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. Well, all right. Well, let's jump into probably our favorite game that we watched this past weekend, and it was the Kansas upset over Texas. Now, on the flip side, like we said earlier, with another injury out for the year, B. John Robinson, arguably the best running back, probably outside of Kenneth Walker in the nation. He's out for the year with a dislocated elbow. But Kansas pulls the absolute shocker as a 31-point underdog. What were your thoughts on that game? Rock, chalk, Jayhawk, baby. No, huge win for the Kansas program. Um, Lance Leopold and Jayhawks, go, well, they, were, they went into Austin, right? That game was in Austin. Yes. Yeah, went into Austin and win on a two-point conversion in overtime. Like the guts, like the play call, everything worked to perfection. It's just a dumpster fire right now for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. But, you know, you who cares? The Kansas Jayhawks won a road Big 12 game for the first time in 56 tries. Yeah, that was their first time ever beating them on the road. But it's kind of like you said, it is a, it's time to panic for Texas. But I will say, if you could get a half good defense in there and get you a pretty solid quarterback, the playmakers next year are going to be unreal still for them. Xavier Worthy's going to return. He's a true freshman and looks like one of the best receivers in the nation if you haven't watched him yet. Bijan Robinson's going to probably be the best running back next year. Right, this team's loaded on offense for the coming years. They just got to get a defense and a you know good quarterback play. Let's look at some games for next week, though. We've got two on the board that I really want to talk about. And the first one is Michigan State at Ohio State. Before we get talking about, I want you to guess the line on that game. Who's favored and by how much? Ohio State about six, six and a half. You see, that's kind of what I was thinking it was going to be. And Ohio State is favored 19 and a half right now. Holy cow. Yes. And I think, see, that shocked me till I saw a stat today. Guess what Michigan State's passing defense is ranked in the nation out of 130 teams? 127. 130. They are dead last in passing defense. And that after seeing that, it made me realize why the line is so large. 
like I said, C.J. Stroud's been playing phenomenal. When you have Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba to throw the ball to, you're going to put up points, especially against that passing defense. But what are your thoughts looking forward at that game? Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the Buckeyes. Like I said, I, I think the Buckeyes and the Wolverines at the end of the year is going to be the Big Tennies championship. Um, do like Sparty a lot, like what they've done with the program. Just I just don't see a way they can win unless Kenneth Walker goes for another 300-yard, six-touchdown game. Like, I mean, that's what it's going to take for Sparty to win this game. Yeah, and I do think Kenneth Walker will put up big numbers, probably more in the, you know, 150, 200 yards and three touchdowns. I don't think you can get that big of a game. But, you know, good game from him. But I don't see that defense holding up against this offensive firepower in Ohio State. But let's look at one more game this weekend, and it's Arkansas at Alabama. And, you know, we're both going to pick Alabama and probably pretty large. But do you think Arkansas could compete in this game? Could? Yes, they can. K.J. Jefferson and that team is hungry. They've got nothing to play for. All they can do is play spoiler now to Alabama. Um, They've got some – this is Sam Pittman will definitely have his guys ready. I mean, I think – and this is not the same Arkansas team that came to Georgia. You know, that team was deflated you know, immediately in the first five minutes of the game. They've been prepared. They've now been in these big games. They've now won some big games. Um, I still think Alabama's going to win pretty comfortably, but Arkansas can definitely play with them. All right. Well, let's jump to the NFL if we have nothing else to talk about in college football. And the first thing I want to talk about is Robert Woods is out for the year with a torn ACL for the Rams, but Odell Beckham Jr. steps right in. What are your thoughts on this move, and how do you think they go – They Fair going forward. Well, the OBJ signing looks like genius now that Robert Woods tore his ACL on the same day. I mean, just just bad luck, irony, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it's going to be probably a lateral move. So, look, you know, the Rams are still going to be very dangerous. They're still going to have a really good defense. They're still going to have a very explosive offense. You know, the Rams will see tonight how OBJ and Matthew Stafford look. But I think it's going to be a good pairing out there. Yeah, but I'll I'll go ahead and give you my hot take. I was trying to think of one. I'll just go ahead and give it here. I think Van Jefferson steps up as the wide receiver too on this team. I think if you look at, you know, fantasy-wise or just stat-wise for the rest of the year, I think Van Jefferson puts up better numbers than OBJ for the rest of the year. And, you know, that's not really hot thinking, you know, the next couple weeks because Van already knows the playbook. Odell doesn't. But Odell is ultra-talented still and van jefferson you know while he looked really good in his last couple years at florida never been a highly touted player so that's my bold prediction for the podcast all right the next team we want to talk about is our hometown falcons get absolutely pummeled by the cowboys what are your thoughts on this falcons team moving forward I don't know. I thought we had turned a quarter with the saints win you know I thought we were going to be able to compete maybe Maybe just maybe you know have a be in the hunt at the end of the year. Probably not make it, but be in the hunt. And now I'm just back to square one where I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. We're awful. Um, just inexplicable, man. Like, how do you lose forty three to six? I mean, just I don't care if you're a backup in the NFL. You shouldn't lose forty three to six ever. Just very poor play this past weekend. Very poor play. Yeah, I agree. This team, you know, they're. I mean, they have plenty of problems, but they are missing Calvin Ridley. 
and but they've got to figure out something on defense. But let's jump to a player who used to kill the Falcons, and let's talk about Cam Newton as he makes his return to the Panthers and has two touchdowns early in the game. What are your thoughts on that move, Cam going to the Panthers, and how they'll be going forward? Well, the Panthers are not that bad of a team. I mean, you know, they just they're they're inconsistent, but they're they've got the talent and the coaching, I think, to take them to a decent, you know, playoff spot level. Cam Newton, if we can get that performance out of him, you know, consistently week in and week out as he improves back into the Matt Rule playbook, I would not be surprised uh, that, you know, Cam wins back the starting job there in Carolina for the future. Yeah, but, I agree. I think he's just as good as P.J. Walker, if not, you know, a good bit better. But he just really didn't know the playbook this week yet. But he got in for a couple plays, ran a touchdown, and threw a short one. So, you know, lots to look forward to for that Panthers team. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about a late afternoon game that we had. And the Packers, they shut out the Seahawks 17-0. That was kind of a shocker. You know, Russell Wilson getting back. Pretty good Seahawks offense. The Packers only put up 17. What were your thoughts on that game and the low scoring of it? Well, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's crazy to think about it because we don't talk about the Packers' defense that a lot, you know. But they they had a great showing this weekend, able to absolutely you know stifle that uh, return of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. The Seahawks have some serious problems that stretch out just beyond some injuries right now. But um, I don't know. I mean, good win for Green Bay, but I think it's more of a reflection on some deeper trouble up there in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander on the defense, that's going to be pretty solid. But let's jump to the last thing I want to talk about real quick, and the Chiefs finally look like the Chiefs on Sunday night football against the Raiders. It sure took long enough, but man, did Patrick Mahomes put on a show. So what are your thoughts? Are they back? What are, What's your thoughts on this team? Well, it was the Raiders who were having the worst season off the field that you ever can for an NFL franchise, it seems like. So, not ready to call them back just yet. Good win, good, huge step in the right direction, but not ready to give them their flowers like they're 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 back to being thirteen and three caliber. Yeah, I agree. It may be a little too quick to pull the trigger on that, but we'll see going forward. Do you have anything else in the football world you want to talk about real quick? Nope. No. All right. Well, do you have a hot take for us? You, yeah. you nailed yours last week. Props to I you did. on that. I, I missed, did. You know, I missed my uh, Kentucky winning, but I'm still going to bank on them making the Final Four. They really impressed me. You know, it is about time I got one wrong, though. But props to you, Colin Curry's 50 points. Noah or you, do y'all have a hot take? On the dot. Um. OBJ has over 50, has over 70 yards and a touchdown tonight in his first game with the Rams. All right. So, me and you are kind of contradicting on the two picks. Yeah. You're going OBJ breakout. I'm going Van Jefferson breakout. Well, well, I mean, you, yours can still be true. I just have an OBJ breakout tonight. Yeah, I know. All right. Noah, do you have this one? I do. I'm going the same game tonight. Jimmy G outperforms Matthew Stafford and the 49ers won by double digits. Wow. Hey Noah, I don't know. I don't know if you're just mad because Matthew Stafford ran through Auburn when he was at Georgia, but you got to stop the hate, man. No, he's just mad because Matthew Stafford's better than Kirk Cousins. That's, yes, that's what really makes him mad. All right. Well, do y'all have any last words? 
Go Hawks, please. Please. All right. Well, go Braves. Go Hawks. Go Falcons. Go Dawgs.